What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Hey guys, producer Christine here with this week's Community Cork Board Announcements. Every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have the Uptown Whittier Farmer's Market located on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. Do you know any local musicians or are you interested in having your own podcast or anything like that? Um, Well, producer Christine is now like manager Christine and we're putting together, we meaning I'm working with Ricardo Diaz and we're going to put in an internet radio station called WIPA Radio, Uptown Central Station. Go to WIPARadio.com to learn a little bit more. We want to do original programming, so we're looking to see if anybody wants to contribute. Um, we just want to bring eclectic content to the airways, to the community. It's a really cool adventure that we're putting in in the Poet Gardens. So our internet radio station studio is going to be at the Bank of America building, located on the corner of Philadelphia and Greenleaf. So the doors, the entrance doors, will be on Philadelphia. So if you can imagine, um, there's a big window to the left. So if you walk, I don't know, maybe if you walked by recently or anything like that. If you peek into the window, you can see the studio, uh, you know, at least the skeleton of it. It's coming along, so with that, we're ready to start building our programming schedule. So you can um, email info at wiparadio.com if, you know, you want to reach out. I'll send you guys, a, I'll send you an application, get it back to me, and then we can start making some magic. For this week's Community Corkboard announcements, I'm going to go through Instagram and just see uh, what we got going on here. Don't forget, you can send us announcements on Instagram if you tag us at What's Up Whittier. Whittier Earth Day Celebration. Join the United Nations of Whittier, just like we heard in our last episode. Um, join us for their Whittier Earth Day Celebration. This is going to take place on April 27th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's going to be a great day, great time for the family. It's going to be in Uptown Whittier. So make sure you come out and join this interactive workshop and free, fun-filled day. Also on Saturday, April 27th, join the Whittier Historical Society for their Fashion to a Tea annual fundraiser. This year's theme is Runway of Curiosity. So again, the doors open at 11.30 and lunch will be served at noon. Ticket prices are $40 for members and $45 for non-members. Children 12 and under are $20. So um, I went to the Whittier Historical Society's meeting the last couple months and they really, um, you know, want children to go to this tea party. It's going to be really cute. Um, at 11.30, they're going to start a manners class. So obviously, you got to make sure you're on time for the manners class, right? Um, to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. To be late is unacceptable. And yours truly is going to be the host. So um, I don't know if I spilled beans because we say in the podcast episode, but um, I'm going to be your host. So again, this is at the Whittier Museum, 6755 Newland Avenue, Whittier, California, 90601. This year, the museum is hosting an Alice in Wonderland themed tea party, showcasing the unusual and oddest pieces from our textiles collection. Don't be late. Save the date. So, yep, Saturday, April 27th, be there or be square. Wednesday, March 20th at 7.30 a.m., join the Whittier Chamber of Commerce for their Wake Up Whittier event. This month, it will be taking place at Liberty Plaza. Don't forget to bring an Easter basket for a child or a teen to Wake Up Whittier. All donated baskets benefit children and youth being served at Healthline Youth Counseling. 
Anyone who brings a basket that morning will be entered into a raffle for a $25 Starbucks gift card. Please join the Whittier Chamber of Commerce the third Wednesday of each month for our Wake Up Whittier networking breakfast. This popular monthly event is a great way to get to know over 200 fellow Whittier Chamber members and local business owners. You can hear important city updates. The mayor always does this cool thing like three updates and enjoy a hearty breakfast and stay connected with what's happening at the Whittier Chamber. Wake Up Whittier is a free event as part of your chamber membership, so feel free to bring a coworker and it's $20, I believe, for all non-members. So for more information or to sign up as a free table host, please contact uh, the chamber. The phone number is 562-698-9554. And also you can send an email to Courtney at WhittierChamber.com. Alrighty, we have a coffee with the Congresswoman on Saturday, March 23rd at 9 a.m. Meet with Congresswoman Linda Sanchez in the city of Cerritos at 85 Bakery Cafe. The address is 11486 South Street in Cerritos, California. This is going to be on Saturday, March 23rd from 9.30 to 11 a.m. Yeah, drop by. Even though it's not in the city of Whittier, you can still drop by. It's still our congresswoman. And you can say, hey, heard your episode on the podcast. It was really awesome. Thank you for doing that. It's really cool. I really do appreciate hearing feedback from the community about the podcast. And even when listeners um, have met past guests, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't know this about you or I didn't know that about you. And it's kind of cool. I like it when my guests, um, when our guests share that kind of stuff with me. It's really fun. Alrighty, I guess that's all I have for you this week in our community clerk board announcements. Um, yeah, definitely. If you want to mention anything, please email me, Christine at what's up or you can, you know, check out all of our social media um, at what's up Whittier on Twitter, Facebook, well, at what's up 562 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at what's up Whittier. You can follow me, producer Christine. Did you know that I'm a notary public? I most certainly am. So you can send me a private message on Instagram if you need any notarial services. So, yeah, what is the California Notary Public? I'm just a representative of the state that's, like, verifying that you are who you is. So um, bring your ID when you do that. Um, You can also visit my website, christinesingerluna.com. So thank you for listening. And also follow Remo and Jesse. Remo is a really cool realtor, so you can go to remotherealtor.com. Check out Remo the Realtor on all social media. Jesse is a great architect, so you can follow Mr. Jesse the Architect. That's not his handle, though. You're going to go at J2Architects. Go to J2Architects.com, and you can learn a little bit more about his services and things that he's done. Thank you so much for searching the podcast, you know, downloading it, subscribing, and hitting play. Really appreciate all the support in the community. And if you or anybody else is interested in having their own podcast or their own program, anything like that, you're a DJ, if you want to contribute music, let me know. In, uh, you can email info at WIPARadio.com. And don't forget to go to www.wiparadio.com for more information. Alrighty, this is a really, really fun episode. Take it away, Jesse and Remo. What's up? What's up, Whittier? Dun, dun, dun. And again, we have that beautiful intro by Christine because Remo once again decided to bail on us. Well, actually, he, well, he's busy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should do like a like three strikes route. 
Three strikes. Okay, well then this would be the third strike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe and, four uh, strikes here. <laughs> maybe well, well, you know what? Best of ten. We'll do yeah. best of ten. Best of ten. We'll That's give right. him for 2019. And Re- and Remo, if you're listening and watching, uh, you got you got. We definitely miss you. You got to come back, man. Maybe we should do another poll. Yeah. What do yeah. you want? What do you want the poll to say? Should we give is him it, ten is it chances? A, a four strike, four four outs, and you're, you're out, or or four strikes and you're out, or ten strikes you're out. Okay. There you go. Alrighty. So we'll leave it up to you, the viewers, to decide if we should give Remo ten chances <laughs> or if we should give him four <laughs> chances. Um, but for now, since you and I are here, that's right. Um, let's start our interview today. We have with us the wonderful Nick Edemeyer, Ginny Ball, and Mary Dutra. Welcome to What's Up Whittier. Thank you. Thank Welcome. you for having us. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. And so, um, obviously, and, and Christine, we're actually at the museum now. We're, we're off location. So. Yeah, actually, we're in the exact same spot where we recorded our um, episode two years ago in the archives room. Is that correct? Is this the archives room, Nick? Yeah, that's correct. Wow, two years ago. It seems like it was just yesterday that we did that interview. Um, and again, we did it uh, previously with uh, Tim Traeger and, and uh, Kyle Smith. Um, and, oh man, the, the conversation we had was awesome. Obviously we had a lot of good knowledge on history, uh, history of Whittier. And last time we had it, we actually said, you know, we got to continue this. We got to keep coming back and doing episodes here at the museum just for that specific reason, you know, be able to kind of spread that history because there's a lot of rich history in Whittier. Um, not a lot of people know there's a museum in Whittier, right? Mm-hmm. That's um, right. <laughs> and so, so we got to keep coming back just to make sure that everybody keeps it in the radar. And for those that are new listeners or new to Whittier, that they know that there's a museum. And with that said, I'm going to get into uh, uh, asking a little bit about yourselves. Uh, if you guys could give us a little intro, just so our audience knows who, who's who. And then for those Instagram listeners or viewers, if you have any specific questions... Uh, that you'd like to ask, uh, shoot them over, and we'll read them out loud. So with that said, I'll let you ladies start. (laughs) Okay, I'm Mary Dutra, and um, my husband and I moved to Whittier in 1987. What we loved about Whittier was it wasn't flat ground. It had all the hills and the trees, and um, we saw the uptown area and we fell in love with it so we've raised uh three children um got involved in the city volunteering and of course my husband's a city councilman um i guess we've did that about 12 years ago and so uh we like to give back to the community um i'm the newbie of the (laughs) whittier museum board I was uh, elected to be on the board in January, so um, I'm really enjoying it, and um, it's just so full of history of our city, and it's really a hidden gem that the community and even outside of the community needs to know that we're here and what the museum has to offer. That's huge. You're right. I mean, in terms of the history, again, it's it's a little hidden gem. Mm Mm-hmm. Jeannie? Okay, I'm Virginia Ball. I usually go by Jenny. And I came to Whittier in 1963 and uh, have been here since. We raised three daughters here. And uh, the museum, we started talking about the museum around 1978. 
and we were meeting with the historical society and living rooms, people's homes. And when we got the Bailey House, uh, which was in 1973 that we opened, uh, we asked the people in Whittier if they had anything from 1887 or the 1880s. Uh, in their attic or basement. We don't have too many basements here at Whittier, but or garage. And we just had so much interest that that was when we decided we need to get a museum. And we started looking for a museum for a couple of years, and it was in 1980 that uh, we found uh, the museum, the building. It was already in escrow, so we had to talk the owner <laughs> out of selling it to us. Um, and we were very fortunate because the buyer at that time had a long list of what they wanted done before they would purchase the building, although they were planning to just tear it down. But uh, my husband passed away in 1980, and actually this room that we're sitting in is dedicated to him. And my three daughters and I came in and worked in the museum and helped to sort things and archive things. And uh, I've been on the board off and on since then. And it's um, a little bit about me. <laughs> That's just the beginning, I think, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot more behind that introduction. <laughs> but before, obviously, we get into more details, um, we also have another guest. If you want to... I say uh, hello. My name is Nicholas Edmeyer. I'm actually the museum office and archives manager, and I've actually been with the museum with the museum now for just about over five years now. I see. Uh, to, to be honest, I don't live in Whittier. I see. I see. Okay, don't don't start the mob. I promise you. <laughs> but I just was committed. I see. I actually came to Whittier when I started at Whittier College. I see, and I actually recently graduated from there just a year ago. I see with a degree in history. And I started the museum first as an intern from the college with the history department. And ever since, I've never left. <laughs> I basically climbed the ladder from being intern, volunteer, board member. And before you knew it, I was just the last person who actually knew how to do anything in this building. So they said, just hire him. <laughs> that's a perfect way to start, right? And we're lucky to have him. That's yes. right. That's right. So in terms of the, the obviously, the way you guys uh, participate and obviously give back to, to the museum itself, is there anything specifically that you guys are tasked with or, or, or are involved with uh, here at the museum? I know we have a couple events that we're, you know, we're going to talk about. But beyond that, is there anything, I guess, what, what is the responsibility of, of a board member and, um, you know, here at the museum? Because, again, for those that don't know, the museum is a nonprofit, right? It's it a, is. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. It's a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys pretty much uh, run by... Whatever you know, I mean, do you guys even charge at the museum? I for- no donation only. There you donation. go, donations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really just donations and and a membership, which I'm a proud member. Um, I know Remo's also a member, mm-hmm. uh, and Christine's Christine, a member. Thank you. Uh, and by the way, Christine, even though she looks really young, she I think she's probably how old are you? Like 150 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> With, you look really good. With all, with all the Whittier knowledge One she of our has. That's right. Because I drink the water from Whittier. <laughs> I was going to ask you what you drank. Well, yeah. probably the number one thing with the board is that we have to be fiscally sound because we want to keep the doors open. And it's very hard. Uh, there are grants out there. Um, 
but they're not a lot for museums. Uh, most museums are sponsored by a very well-to-do philanthropist or an organization or a city or a county, and um, we don't have that. So we mm-hmm. get support from the city uh, every year in a grant, and uh, but the rest is by donations and a few grants, mm-hmm. donations, membership, right. and our fundraisers. That's right. And our, we try to make our fundraisers fun. <laughs> and so this year we're getting ready for the Alice in Wonderland tea, mm-hmm. which we have a tea almost every year. That's right. I think we started about maybe 14, 15 years mm-hmm. ago. And uh, this year our theme is Alice in Wonderland. And that's going to be on the April 27th uh, here at the museum. And uh, you can call the museum to get tickets or email us. And uh, we'd just love to have you come. And we always have a fashion show. And the fashion show is the hit of the day because we try to bring out things that are new and different in our textile archives. And, and now that we're talking about it, I mean, do you guys want to speak a little bit more about the tea? Because I, I know it sells out, right? I, I um, actually both sell try. out, We right? try. Yeah. 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 We're hoping to sell 150 tickets um, for the April 27th tea. Um, ticket prices for members is $40. Non-members is 45 And children 12 and under are 20 so what we're doing this year that's different than the previous years is we're trying to encourage the young uh, children mm-hmm. of people to come to the tea. And at the beginning of the tea, we're actually going to have a a little manners class or an etiquette oh, class nice. um, of, you know, how to um, serve yourself and drink your tea, um, <laughs> which will be, I think, a lot of fun for the children as well mm-hmm. as the adults. We um, are we're um, our theme, as Jenny had said, is runway of curiosity. So we're trying um, Lori. It what's Lori's uh, last? Lori Asagawa. Yeah, she does uh, chooses all of the um, clothes, the clothes and stuff that we have here at the museums that's been donated throughout the years. And so she's trying to find some unusual things that we can have in the fashion show. And then Nick does research on on the items that were donated. And we're lucky this year because Christine's going to be our MC for the fashion show. (laughs) So we're really excited about that. Um, There's also an opportunity to buy a table of eight for $300. And um, at our tea, of course, we have tea. We have homemade scones. We have um, mini sandwiches. We have fruit. Everything that you would have for a proper tea is what we serve at the tea. And uh, it's coming along real well. We just need people to buy the tickets and join us for a lovely afternoon tea. And and is this is is proper etiquette to put the pinky up when you're 
drinking tea? <laughs> well, you'll find out when you come to the tea. There you go. Damn. <laughs> I was trying to get a sneak peek. Actually, I was going to say, is it limited to just children to take yeah. that? Uh, no, it will be for everybody. Because I might know somebody who needs to take that. <laughs> yes. Yes. He might be a little bit too big, but it'll work. Uh-huh. We'll get him a small chair. Yeah, so we have a great committee. We're working hard. And um, I started coming to the tea, I think, about four years ago. I emceed three years. Um, so I'm glad Christine is doing it this year. And it's really a nice afternoon. So is it actual tea? Like, are we test uh, drinking several teas? Or is it one mm-hmm. tea? Or? No, there are several teas to choose from uh, with the teapots and it's everything. The whole nine we, yards, huh? The whole mm-hmm. nine yards. Yes. So, it starts at 11.30 mm-hmm. and usually goes till about 2, 2.30. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a midday kind mm-hmm. of event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's obviously here at the museum? On yes. Saturday, oh, yes. okay. April 27th. Yes. Very cool. And it's upstairs, but we do have an elevator. And, and I was going to say, so part of these events, I think any event you guys host here at the museum, obviously you guys have kind of like a... a like event area or event space mm-hmm. we do um, but even to so that's on the what is it third floor second floor, second second floor. floor. Mm-hmm. so even kind of for those who have not been here yet uh you could work your way up right i mean kind of tour the museum yes. before mm-hmm. you get there the oh, museum yes. will be open and i'm sure nick will have one or two docents here <laughs> to help people go through the museum and explain things to them and they can do that either before or after the tea there you go so and, get your tea and on that brings up a very good point that we are always anxious to have more docents and the docents can work either at the museum or at the bailey house the first home built in Whittier, which is over on Camilla, just off of Painter. And the docents are a very important part of the museum because they're the ones that explain the history to the people who come through. I just like to say that when I first started the museum, my first uh, responsibility was being a docent. And I still I still do it even now. And it's a and I'm not gonna lie. When you first start, it's a little it's a little scary because you're not because you're a little unsure. Wait, my, my tongue just right? Let's see. And wait, let me check my script again. Let's see. But let's see. But really, after so a week or two, you realize it's very exciting because you meet these because you get to talk to different people and some a lot of them have a lot more stories that are not gonna be in your guide. And these are just wonderful things that you learn and you learn on the tours. That's I, right. I, I, I think I I've, I think I've learned more stories having getting see talk to more people while giving a tour. I would have actually just looking around anyplace else in the museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's a really it's a rewarding experience because you learn so much that's from other people who've come in. Mm-hmm. You see, and again, if you like being social and like to, to talk a lot, so it's probably one of the best things to be. It is. Nice, nice. And one of the things that's special to our museum is we have one room that is the children's room. Mm-hmm. And this is a room where most of the things in there uh, we have duplicates of. And so if something should get broken or dropped, uh, we do have duplicates in our storage. Mm -hmm. But the children can come in and they can sit at old school desks and benches and uh, put on costumes. And play play with old toys. Yes. Oh, I'm almost... 
feel like it shouldn't have said you shouldn't have said that because now my kids are going to come in and <laughs> I hope start so. cracking I bring my girls when they were little, and that was their favorite room because they got to put on all the little dress and the aprons and play with the toys. So that was their favorite room when mm-hmm. I used to bring them when they were little. Oh, I'll say, oh yeah, I'll say every time we had to school, the school kids come here on their, on their field trips, especially when they're fourth grade and younger. They tear the classroom up. <laughs> they, see, they see it. They realize, oh, playtime. Let's go at it. Right. That's the only exactly. time you can yeah. break something. They or, even have chalkboards so that yeah. they can do their letters or whatever, and we can have a pretend class for them. And so they, they're fun. doing the, the uh, old-fashioned texting, right? Yes. Yes, that's yes. right. <laughs> On a chalkboard. <laughs> Yes. I love it. Yeah, I love it. it. Uh, no, no, I will correct. <laughs> no, no, correct. That's fun. So I, I totally forgot that the museum also hosts or is part of uh, maintaining uh, the Bailey House. Um, mm-hmm. And how, how does that work in terms of the, I guess, workings of the museum? Is it um, is there somebody there full time or no? Okay. No, the Bailey House is open on Sunday from one to four. Uh, for tours, and that's when it's open to the public. But we also do school tours, a number of school tours, and those are during the week, Monday through Friday, when the children are in school. And we will do those whenever it's right for the teacher. Okay. And then we also do Boy Scout troops and Girl Scout troops and uh, organizations. We have uh, clubs of uh, women interested in history that will come from San Diego or um, North, <laughs> East Brea. We have yeah. a number from Brea. And we give these tours usually during the week, whenever it's good for them. And then they stop off for lunch usually in Uptown Whittier and then maybe go to the museum either that day or another day. That's so cool. I mean, it's cool that you're able to kind of provide something that's still standing and, and – uh, Kind of like what you mentioned, the first home here in Whittier. Right, um, right. It was actually built as a sheep herder's bunkhouse. Hmm. And that was in uh, 1868 that Mr. Gherkin, like the pickle, um, <laughs> bought the property and had a bunkhouse. So when the sheep were herded from San Diego or south up to L.A., um, they would stay overnight in the bunkhouse there, in the Bailey House. And the reason it's called the Bailey House is because Jonathan and Rebecca Bailey uh, were the first family to live in that house, mm. uh, not use it as a bunkhouse. They added rooms and um, used it as their home. That's why it's called the Bailey House. And I like to say it's the Jonathan and Rebecca Bailey home. Rebecca gets left out very often. (laughs) (laughs) So we like to add her. And uh, that was purchased in 1973, 72. Um, It actually was going to be torn down to make an apartment. And uh, my husband and I bought the apartment next door and the owner wanted to sell the property of the Bailey house so that somebody else could build an apartment. And when we were looking at the apartment we bought, the Bailey house was for sale with it. He wanted it together. And uh, we explained to him that this looked like a very old house and didn't think he should. We didn't know at that time it was the first home 
But uh, then with some research, we realized it was the very first home. And that's when the Historical Society started raising funds uh, to purchase it, and the city helped us. And while we take care of the inside, the city takes care of the outside, the lawns and not the shrubbery um, because we have herbs and flowers from the 1880s. No way, really. We do. So it's that original, huh? Well, when we bought the home, uh, Lois um, was still living, who was the great-granddaughter of Jonathan and Rebecca, and she had lived in the house. So she not only knew what went where in the house, but she knew what plants were outside, and she had actually taken pieces of the plants and grown them at her home. So we use those cuttings to put in the uh, cuttings around the house. Because when the house was for sale, uh, the man who owned it, he built the property, the apartment next door and the one across the street. And he didn't do anything to the house, which was a blessing to us. Mm -hmm. Because um, if he had taken out the floors, taken out... The windows, some of the windows even have the rippling effect. They're the original windows of Jonathan and Rebecca Bailey. Wow. And um, if he rented it to hippies. Um, <laughs> there were about, uh, I would say, between 10 and 15 people who lived there. Owning the apartment next door, we got to meet a number of them. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the most pleasant experience being next door to them, but it was lucky for the Whittier Historical Society because very little was changed okay. in the home. And even today, we have the original floors, the original walls, um, and it's a treasure. So, so, so in terms of the yeah, in terms of the home, I mean, is it? Going through the pres preservation of the home, was there anything that you guys found, like, behind a baseboard or something? Like <laughs> A pot of gold yeah. or something? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I wish. <laughs> no. Um, like, anything interesting? No, that oh, yes. We have found a lot of things that were interesting. I mean, the windows, um, the one of the bedrooms uh, ha had been pushed out to make it a little bit bigger. And in the restoration, we brought that back. And a lot of this information we got from Lois Joyce, who was the oh. uh, great-granddaughter of Jonathan and Rebecca. In fact, her husband proposed to her on the porch no of the Bailey House. No they went to Whittier College. And uh, so she knew what was in the house. She knew what had been changed in the house. And uh. we tried to bring it back to the original. Oh, but so we also found doorknobs, uh, the glass doorknobs that are colored with the sun over time. Uh, they start out clear, but over 100 years you have colors. And so we have some really pretty blue doorknobs. Um, there was an old croquet set uh, wow. that we found. And we have a few things from Jonathan and Rebecca, but most of the things are from the people around Whittier um, that donated them yeah. to the Bailey House when we asked for them. And, uh, was there any carvings on, like, wood that said, like, you know, I was here and so-and-so? <laughs> I was or... this tall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a measuring stick, no? No, but the doorknobs on every door are very low because people at that time were short. 
uh, we would consider them short. And uh, so the doorknobs are low. And a lot of times the children will ask, why are the doorknobs so low? Well, people were not tall 100 years ago. See, that's when you come back and say, they were designed just for you. (laughs) (laughs) But there were nails, uh, old nails with the square heads. Wow. And um, we also have uh, the roll-top desk of... um, John Greenleaf Whittier, and it's the desk that he used, and uh, it's a beautiful desk in there. Uh, We also have the bookcase of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, This was given to us by a nephew of his, and when he passed away, the widow gave us the bookcase. So Abraham Lincoln doesn't really have a direct connection with the Bailey House, but he was our president. So. Yeah, I was just saying, so as, as a U.S., mm-hmm. you know, that's huge. I it mean, is. Right. It's a, uh, also, but he also has some other connections with Whittier, at least some of the, the key founders. Yes. It's a, right, because no, Aquila Pickering, a Quaker during the period, who helped find the property to buy Whittier, he actually knew Lincoln, but he was actually taller than him. <laughs> yeah. I they didn't say, know that. Yeah, that's, 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 that's true. They say, no, they had met the one, say, one time, and Lincoln was, say, was fascinating because he was taller than him, I think by a couple, at least by an inch, a little bit over an inch. Huh. They say, no, it's written actually in, in the Pickering's uh, obituary that when they met, let's see, they didn't see uh, Mary, Mary Todd, see Lincoln's wife, had him stand back to back while she basically climbed a chair to, <laughs> say, to measure them right that's on top. Funny. That's funny. Uh, no, that's so awesome. I mean, it's, again, seeing, you know, or having uh, uh, stuff that belongs to somebody, you know, being, you know, that's a long time. It is. Um, and just being, I mean, I'm thinking like myself, like just, you know, thinking like, man, what, what kind of thoughts went in, in this chair or desk or mm-hmm. imagine what was written in this, you know, desk and chair, you know, like, just, I don't know, I, I kind of like to reminisce and see what I would do in that kind of situation. You should be but. a docent. Right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I have openings. Well, and it is fun to be a docent because you learn these things. And as far as teaching people to be a docent, the easiest way is just to stand in the room and start at one point and just talk about what you see as you turn around. Yeah. And you don't have to, as a docent, you don't have to tell every story. You don't have to tell about everything that's yeah. there, but just what you see. And then usually the people that are taking the tour, they'll ask, what is this or why is this this way? Yeah, yeah. And, of course, Whittier was founded by the Quakers. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan and Rebecca Bailey were Quakers, as was Pickering. And uh, the other people that started Whittier. Yeah, I mean, it again. I know when I gave a, walked around the museum, uh, I liked that little model of the of the cityscape at that point, yes. which was you know with the oil wells yeah, in like, the back on the hills. Again, and, you look at something like that, and you would never, at least for me, uh, being in such a um, fast paced kind of, I think of almost like metropolis, right? Thinking downtown like skyscrapers mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. this. Um, but then you look at that and it's like, man, there was really nothing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like your, <laughs> your neighbor was, you know, blocks that seem away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's yeah, that history good. that, that is, is makes a town, right? I mean, it's good to be able to showcase it. Um, I, I know we're joking about the whole chalk and, and, and chalkboard and, that's the way we kind of learned, right, uh, and right. communicated. 
But at that point, it was probably the trend, right? It was like chalk. Well, well, what is chalk? Sure. You know? That's what they used, yeah. right? So, um, and you know, you bring up a good point that um, nothing to do. I mean, when Whittier was founded, um, you didn't have the businesses. I mean, the businesses started, right. of course, but in order to have a successful town, you need to have enough businesses. And uh, the bank was one of the first. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the packing plant uh, where they were able to pack food in cans and send it to the Midwest and the East where they had uh, very few fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. available to them year-round. Whereas in Whittier, um, we usually have something growing all year. And the first crop they did was tomatoes because tomatoes – could grow within three months to where they could pick them, can them, and send them back east. Wow. And so tomatoes was the first crop. A lot of people think it was the citrus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you plant the citrus tree, it takes a few years yeah. to get that right. orange or that lemon or mm-hmm. lime. And so they did plant citrus, but that took a number of years. And first they did tomatoes. Wow. That's <laughs> interesting. You're right. Everything you see majority of the stuff you see, it's always a citrus tree. Yes, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. right. And then the other thing that happened in the first uh, year, year and a half that Whittier was started um, was we did have a delegation go to the capital of California and ask to have the Nellis, well, it wasn't called Nellis at that time, but it was the school mm-hmm. um, here in Whittier, and it was for orphans, or children that could no longer be taken care of. And uh, that's the exhibit that we're planning for this summer is for that school. And Nick just went up to Sacramento and got some more uh, information about the school. And uh, that'll be interesting. You're right. I mean, so so what you're referring to is obviously the the Fred C. Nellis. Right. Um, and right. Well, so back, the, yeah, yeah, they employed was, people to build it. Right. Was, yeah, the and, cooks were from Whittier. Uh, the teachers were from Whittier. And it gave jobs because otherwise, other than being a farmer, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to have a job. And now, um, again, I follow I follow the museum on Instagram and Facebook and all that. Um, when they were re- getting ready to demolish the buildings out at the site, I know I saw uh, the museum kind of go through and, and start kind of preserving some of the stuff, some of the items that were there. Um, is that stuff that's coming back to this um to this uh, exhibit, or, or are we... Well, Nick, as, you can probably speak as, to that, because... Say, oh, yeah. So we spent about a couple months going through the property, checking all the buildings, and just digging around. And everything we did did find, which is quite a lot, I mean, a lot of stuff. It actually took us, I think, a little, let's see, as equal amount of time to catalog it as it did the find, the find it all. Wow. Yeah, so, right. And so we have it just stored all over the building in different places. <laughs> But it is, but it, but it is all items that will become on display. Let's see, eventually, because we will be actually opening this exhibit in three phases. The first phase, which we plan for this summer, will focus on the Whittier State School period, the one from starting in 1890 towards about the towards the 20s. Let's see, and it's just before the the person Nellis came and came into the possession of being in charge. And, and then later dates will be announced, and then we'll bring out little, little more and a little more as it goes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but everything we did find will become on display. 
Mm -hmm. It's either that or it will become accessible in the archives for research purposes. Mm -hmm. Well, Nick and Tracy Whitman um, have been putting articles in the Gazette. So as members, I know you've received those articles. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, it's really interesting to read about the school. And um, Nellis was the superintendent of the school that really tried to have um, with the boys and girls, there were girls there at one time, but try to have them learn how to be, uh, live on their own and be independent. And, uh, it's interesting. I actually taught there, uh, for five years Really, and, uh, I taught at night and I taught, uh, at that time it was all boys and this was in the sixties. And at that time, um, it was for the boys that were 18 and were going out into the community. And, uh, but I have to say, very few settled in Whittier. Most of them went where they were born, yeah. to other cities in the state of California. But trying to teach them how to, how to rent an apartment, um, what kind of job they should get, um, finances, how do you manage mm-hmm. Uh, renting a place of your own and getting food and so on. And so that's that's what I taught. So have you been back uh, to the facility after so long? It's been long before I did. You... I did go back. And uh, anything you notice, like, man, like, like that's changed your, or I don't know, some good <laughs> memories? Like, Let me see. I'm trying to think how to say this tactfully. Oh. Um, <laughs> When I saw a lot of carvings on stuff, right? (laughs) When I was a teacher there in the 60s, it was pretty run down. The only building that was really beautiful, and I haven't seen the inside of it yet, uh, was the superintendent's building. And they are keeping that building. They're going to try to um, have a business, maybe buy it and operate out of that building. It was beautiful. It was built in the early 1900s and had uh, molding, beautiful natural wood molding. But the rest of the school was very run down. And when I went back to see it, um, it looked worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there were several buildings that I think, um, well, I don't know. It, uh, <laughs> the, the state could have done a better job on maintaining it. Yeah. And I know when I was teaching for the five years, any table or chair that broke in my classroom, and I didn't have very many boys at one time. I'd have five, maybe six boys at a time. But all the broken furniture was stacked in the back of the room, and it was still there five years later. It's probably was there when... Wow. <laughs> when the building was knocked down, I don't yeah. know, but um, yeah, the, it, it was not maintained. Yeah, yeah, because at some point it was a school or started off as a school, right, and then it turned into a, a youth correctional facility. Well, and- the first boys that went there, and there were girls that went there at the beginning too. Nick, you maybe know more yes. about that. Well, it's the, well, yeah, when the school first started, like in the eighteen nineties, it was a reform school. Reform school for delinquents, boys and girls, and see orphans, to see those who had no one to take care of them, and they wanted them removed from the from the criminal system because they were, they were being sent to real prison with full grown men. And see, mm-hmm. and see, they realized this was not good for them. It yeah. doesn't serve anybody any good. These are two young kids, mm-hmm. so they, so they decided we need to do something different. So they so they started see several state schools, not just Whittier, 
It's a, and say for both boys and girls, and one of the key ones was to start here in Whittier. It's a and see and it started and see it, it had some rough beginnings as you do because it's a brand new system they're trying to initiate. It's a not it wasn't quite it wasn't very favor, favorable in the beginning because again something did happen. Basically, in management because they don't know how to properly teach these kids, let's say how to behave or how to discipline them. It wasn't until uh, Fred seen Fred Nellis came that he initiated the program of see like removing corporal punishment. They see, they see sending the girls to a separate school. They see making it just all boys. They see and bringing and gain funding for programs that would give them and things to do. But it was for music, for crafts. They see, see education and trades learning. You see, bring them out into the community to show you can be part of this. Does he contribute? Let's see if you're if you're causing problems. Why are you causing this? Let's give you some actual help. Really, get, actually giving you psychological treatment to figure out what your problems are. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that has that was then. And after he died, that remained the model for the school and for, and for many other facilities afterward. And so it continued like that for many many years. And let's see. I believe it's not till about the fifties and sixties that it became more correctional facility related under different management and see and then the philosophy sort of starts shifting a little differently and wow. see and again there are many different perspectives uh, whether it, whether if you're a former ward or a teacher there and we've talked to so many different people whether both wards and former staff and see and again there are some you no know, tough things you hear about the place but ultimately i hear so many positive things that still happen out, out that come out of this facility because see, it was still because you got an education, you got high school diploma, you had a place to sleep and eat, and see, and ultimately you got a huge chance, second chance out of life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing I hear a lot from the former wards who've been there. It was a second chance for them. They wanted to stay because I'm here in school. Let me get my diploma. Then then let then let me go. Yeah, and that's that's key. I mean, you talk about a community. You take you take people essentially, right? You know, these boys and girls to a place that they might not be familiar with. But, you know, you help them, kind of guide them through life, and now all of a sudden, you know, they either they come back to your community mm-hmm. and give and contribute, or they go on to a different city and, and give that contribution. So, right. so that is awesome. Yeah. I heard a rumor that Waylon Jennings, the country singer, was there and actually broke out. I, is that true? I don't know. <laughs> let's put it out there. Yeah, <laughs> let's put it out there. Okay, well, I know one of them was Merle Hager. Oh, maybe it was Merle Hager. Yeah, say that. Okay. Okay, it was Merle Hager. I knew one of them. Yeah, but I hear a different bunch of names people have supposedly been there. So okay, it was so probably Merle Hager yeah, that so, I heard and I got the wrong name. Yeah, say, no, but, <laughs> so that's pretty funny. So he did break out. Yeah, say, yeah that's, that's the story he tells. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Let's see, let's see well, whether it's true or not, ask the state to give us his record. Right. <laughs> we'll stick to that. Um, so uh, again, all with history. I mean, just around town. I, I love it just because again, we were able to explain it to all our listeners. Um, if you have not been to the museum, you guys got to get out here and see it uh, with your own eyes and visit the museum. Um, and before we get into hours and how to get here, do you guys want to talk about more about uh, the events? Any other events you guys got coming up? Um, well, we, well, we, have, we to... have two a year which is the tea, and then in October, we have the Night of the Museum. Um, and also, in October, we have our Halloween Fest, where the museum passes candy out to all the children in the community. Nice. And last year, I how many 
came? Five hundred was it? Oh no, no, we had over a thousand. Over a thousand. Oh, really? We we doubled last year. Oh, because it was five hundred the year before. Yes, yes. We had over a thousand children come through the museum, and the museum is decorated for Halloween. Mm -hmm. Uh And and remember, this is all free. It's what the museum provides. Right. And as we said earlier, you know the funds that come in are from these two fundraisers, from the little bit of grants we get, and from membership. Because when the schools bring the students here, it doesn't cost them anything. When anybody goes, when students or clubs go to the Bailey House, it's all free. And so if you're a family out there in Whittier and you want something to do to take your kids to on, on Saturday... You could come to the museum or you could go to the Bailey house and then maybe go have an ice cream or something. But this is all provided by the museum and the Bailey house. And um, like I said, it's, it's a hidden gem. It's here for the residents of Whittier to enjoy as well as the surrounding communities. Another thing that wasn't mentioned is if you belong to a club or um, need a place to have your uh, board meeting or something. We do rent out the ta- the second floor oh, nice. for yeah. these type of events. Very cool. And um, so you can call the office and um, someone can assist you into utilizing the facility uh, for those purposes. That is so cool. Yeah. You know, again, you talk about uh, a place that could you can essentially house these uh, community events yes. um, in a community building. Yes. Right? Awesome. Yes. Um, I know you guys talk, uh, have some kind of new um, exhibit coming up also, right? Yes. You want to talk about that? Yeah. The Jose Ramos uh, exhibit is coming up, and Jose Ramos uh, is a Whittierite, and he started the Welcome Home Vietnam And he actually rode his bicycle in Vietnam. And then he and a group of friends rode their bicycles from Whittier to Washington, D.C. Wow. And Congress passed the day, March 30th, to be Welcome Home Vietnam Day. And that's for our whole nation. So we're very proud of Josue. Uh, He passed away. And one of the things we have for the exhibit is his bicycle, uh, the bicycle that he rode to Washington, no D.C. That's so cool. And maybe you'd like to say a little bit about Josue and what's being planned <laughs> at the museum. I see. Okay, so we're actually making a very special event on March 30th. It's a Saturday. It's seen because we, because part of opening exhibit for Jose, we're actually reopening our entire military exhibits. So everything is getting a fresh coat of paint, things reorganized, things are getting a little bit dusted off. This thing buzzing, buttons. it will be a wonderful, op- wonderful opening for this special exhibit. It's in honor of Jose as, as a, as a Whitterite and also as a veteran. This thing. Mm-hmm. And again, that's so awesome because you talk about how do you, how do you exhibit uh, uh, somebody who's very important to the community mm-hmm. in, in such a small area, right? I mean, I say small because I kind of took a sneak peek, and, and it's uh, it's full of stuff, you know. Um, and so, um, how do you how do you display such a life, right? It's it's. Yeah. Uh, but again, you guys do it well. So that's the reason why well, you guys just, are here. We're just very proud of Jose yeah. and uh, Jose, and uh, the fact that 
he cared enough about the veterans. He was in the Vietnam War, so he's a Vietnam veteran. And uh, the fact that they were not welcomed home Mm -hmm. like we do today. And (laughs) so he planned this event for them and has held it every year since it was declared Welcome Home Vietnam. That's so awesome. Now, Jenny, I see that it's also a car show. I think they are going to oh, have some older oh, cars here. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. See, uh, that same day, well, there'll actually be a car show across the street from us at Fiesta Hall. Mm-hmm. Oh, say, uh, okay. That's right. That's right. It's the, also, there'll be some uh, other vendors around, too. So they say, what? Well, say, oh, probably popcorn, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be an yeah. all day event. And it's all day. Oh, yes. Yeah, it yeah. starts at 10 o'clock and mm-hmm. goes to 4 yes. Very cool. on March 30th. Very cool. And then I saw also you guys are, are freshening up the uh, Nixon uh, exhibit. Oh, we and, just just did that oh, and had the opening of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I must I must say this just to have people come look at it, but it's uh, there's a wall that has these like large, almost full size pictures of of people who are or gentlemen who were very involved with him mm-hmm. moving mm-hmm. towards our presidency. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys should come out and look at it because you might recognize some of those names. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of cool to see those names there with him, mm-hmm. but then those names, what they mean now in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, for those of you who who, uh, who want to take a, a look, swing on by, um, what else do you guys have going on that's, that's uh, coming up or new? Well, we have, uh, let me see, Ruby's Diner. We're going to have... Uh, a chance to go to Ruby's Diner on March 27th. And that's going to be as sort of a mini fundraiser for the museum. And anybody can go. And if they pick up a coupon from the museum, then we get 20%, I think, of Mm -hmm. what is purchased that day at Ruby's. And that's March 27th. Very cool. And again, for all the listeners, we'll put that on the show notes so if you guys uh, want to, uh, you know, participate, it'll be there. We'll also put links for all these other events that, that we just talked about. Yeah. So you can and really encourage people to be members. Yeah. Uh, it only costs $25 to be a member. Uh, a year. A year. Don't, don't tell Remo that because that's almost more. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. It is more. Yeah. It's much more. Oh. Uh, there are different levels yeah. that you can be a member. But when you start, you might want to start at the $25 uh, level, but then that entitles you to come to the museum with your friends and your family, and uh, it also entitles you to the Gazette. And Nick does a beautiful job on the Gazette every month. There's always a story about something in Whittier, yeah. and uh, has the coupons, has the information about the events going on. And whenever we have an exhibit, we also have speakers. And the speakers will come and talk about some facet of the exhibit. Mm-hmm. And that's always interesting. But you don't know unless you take the Gazette. And the Gazette comes with the membership. It can be emailed or mailed. And that's uh, that monthly newsletter, right? Monthly comes newsletter. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's one of those things where you're right. As a member, you're able to get that access, get that information, stay up mm-hmm. to date. Um, and again, you learn more as you kind of participate more, get involved um and and again know more about the museum right. itself so mm-hmm. uh so thank you guys for for or ladies for uh giving us that information um anything else christine that we uh, missed on the because uh, i know you're going to be the mc coming up 
Uh, yes, we won't at the say tea. we won't say how you're gonna be the <laughs> MC, but but maybe it's a or you want to give them a sneak peek now. We'll, we'll we'll leave it as they gotta show up. Just be sure to attend the Whittier Museum in order to purchase your tickets. That's, that's your hint, I guess. <laughs> well, we're hoping that she's going to be Alice in Wonderland. There you go. There you go. And there might even be a bunny. <laughs> That, Remo, Mr. that's Rabbit. you, Remo. Remo, <laughs> if you're listening, we've just got you a new task. Um, before we close out the show, uh, can we we have a couple of what are your questions we usually ask to our members. Um, we we promise we won't get you in trouble um, unless unless you want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, and I say this, Mary, because when we had Fernando, he was like, I'm going to get in trouble with this response. And, <laughs> I don't and was, remember what he said. It was, and it was with my wife. He goes, I'm going to get in trouble with my wife. And of course, yeah. <laughs> he said the donut shop on Mills and... Uh, oh, by the oh. Greenway Trail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the first question is, uh, if, if you have a go-to spot here in Whittier, what would that be? Whether it be, you know, shopping, dining, eating, you know, get an adult beverage. Um... We go to Steve's Barbecue a lot, and um, my son loves their ribs. I've actually known Steve since I was in junior high and didn't see him all these years. And when for, when his store opened, uh, Fernando and I went there for dinner, and he was looking, and he, you know, he, he approached me and asked me, you know, who I was. And then realized that we had gone to junior high. But we love the food at Steve's. We like the um, environment. So that would be our go-to place. Nice. Jenny? Um, I would say crepes and grapes. Uh, Sandra's been in Whittier for a long time. And uh, we always enjoy going there. And California Grill. Uh, if we have anybody at Whittier College that we want to entertain, we always meet at California Grill. And Nick has done a wonderful job there. He also helps the museum, uh, and Sandra does too. So, very cool. Those very are cool. probably the two places that. We and now we're going to go to the, the the person who does not live in Whittier. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I knew it was going to haunt me. <laughs> That's uh, let's see. Well, one of my favorite places always, especially for lunch, is to go to Marco Polo's. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, it's a hey, lunch special, four fifty, two pieces and a drink. You can't go wrong with that. That's Never. Right. It's, uh, it's uh, either that or a Memos Cafe. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, I would say those are probably my two favorite spot and spots to go to, whether it's have lunch or dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or both. Or both. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it has happened. And Whittier has now become a destination town mm-hmm. uh, for other cities. And uh, people come here just for the restaurant. We have so many new restaurants, too. And slowly and, uh, growing. Yes, exactly. Which is, exactly. Kind of Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice Always for the fun community. to go to a new That's place. right. That's right. Yeah. So if uh, if something's missing in Whittier, what would that be? Disneyland. There you go. <laughs> that's, Amen. That's a good one. Say, say, oi, what, what do you think this is? <laughs> and say, I got Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Anything you think is missing? Jeannie? It's just a wonderful place to live and raise a family. And uh, mm-hmm. we're just... Always happy to be in Whittier. Very cool, very cool. I'm not going to ask you because I know your answer. It's a museum, just getting the, the rights to the museum, no? 
No? I'm not going to find out what the answer but see, but, but we may have a point. There you go. <laughs> see, you may have, a, may have a good point. I think we should explore that one a little more. <laughs> Let's see, the last question is uh, a more kind of, um, of any fond memories of Whittier? Anything you should, like, man, I remember this and that, or Remo's favorite one was the uh, Neko Neko, where, you know, he had he had good memories there. You like Skateland? Yes. Skateland. Skateland. Yeah. Love Skateland. And every year we have the Founders Day. It's mm-hmm. always fun to see the things that come in at Founders Day, and uh, it's in and May. And that's actually coming up. It's in May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First weekend in yes. May, I think. And it's the 125th, 25th. anniversary. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it okay. used to be that they had a picnic for everybody that was over 90 years old, and that's something that we may try to bring back because mm-hmm. right now we have demonstrations of things that happened in 1880. Wow. And how to weave and how to make a um, braided rug and, you know, the churning of butter and baking bread and so on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, wow. um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's always a fun event because that brings back memories, memories of Whittier. That's right. That's right. Oh, what? Nick? I'll say, Nick, <laughs> is there any, like, anything going through your cataloging of, or just a museum of, like, man, I didn't realize that existed here in Whittier? <laughs> That's it. Well, I've been saying that for five years. <laughs> <laughs> it's even, we work in the archives so long and say, yeah. wait, that was here? That was here? Wait, that used to be there? Let's see. I, I think I've run out of them the last the last couple of years. Like, is there something like is there something that's that's uh, that you've gone through that was just way out there? You're like, man, I I, I would never have thought that, that that was here. Um, let's see, let's see. That probably would have been see just before I graduated. And I was still an intern. I was doing research here at the museum. Was actually the history of the Weirs for Cemetery. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, uh-huh. yeah, Founders Memorial Park. This, I was yeah. So then I was still a little bit of a novice when it comes to full Weir history. It's a, a, even after a year, there's not enough to cut. There's not enough to know. Yeah. They say, but no, just learning about the history of that cemetery and park. That's right. They say alone. They say was like wow. It's a, well, I hope so. It got me to graduate with an A. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know that we actually have uh, photographs and copies of the newspaper, Whittier newspaper, back to the very beginning oh, yeah, right. of the newspaper mm-hmm. uh, for Whittier. And there are pictures there that um, some of them uh, show what Whittier was like. Mm-hmm. What was the street like downtown Whittier Greenleaf in mm-hmm. 1890? And is that the just, Whittier Daily News? or is it? Well, it, it had called? a different name okay. uh, yeah. through the years, but right now it's the Whittier Daily News. Mm-hmm. And when the Whittier Daily News closed or they didn't close but they moved Mm -hmm. location um they were going they had already taken all their photographs uh in their file cabinets and they digitized them Mm. and that was the way they were going to keep them they didn't want the actual pictures Mm -hmm. and we had our business right across the street quaker bank dairy and they came over and they said, can you think of anybody who would like all these pictures? Like, <laughs> and 
on that day, at that time, I <laughs> bought all the file cabinets that we have here, and they came from the Daily News. But they had wow. all their pictures. Uh, some of them are really old, oh, before yes. 1900. Oh, wow. yes. And we yeah. got the originals. They yeah. have the copies, the digitals. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, much easier to keep that way. But we had the actual pictures. That's right. The original. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. The original. That is so awesome. Well, like, like we ended last time, I think we have to do this again. And uh, kind of start getting a little bit more history about Whittier. I think we have to do it sooner than later. Like we won't probably won't wait that long. Um, but again, thank you, ladies, for for coming on, and thank you for coming on and 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 uh, participating. Well, thank you. Yes. Oh, thank yes, you. Th- thank you so much for coming by again. And we'll make sure that that Remo sends in his uh, yearly check for his membership, <laughs> and uh, he stays top of the top of the list. Yeah. And uh, and then again, Remo, if you're listening, you're gonna be the new rabbit for the event. So <laughs> get ready. That's what happens when you don't show up. With that said, again, thank you, ladies, and uh, uh, we'll see you soon, Whittier. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you.